name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. Riding on the Overtrain is the title of this episode, and it's a takeoff of the classic Cat Stevens song, Peace Train, Riding on the Peace Train. This is Riding on the Overtrain. A couple things about Cat Stevens uh, that you might want to know from my corner. Number one, not a fan. Two, his name was Cat, which is one of the coolest first names, probably, it's one of the coolest first names, Cat. Hey, Cat. It's he. That's his first name. So he changed it, and I'm going. What cockamamie, in, absolutely insane reason would you have to change your name from Cat? Oh, okay. <clears throat> I just got it. I just got that. Riding on the overtrain is a. Uh, uh, this is an episode about overtraining, and um, yeah, I'm in. The, I'm training for the thing and and uh, Bree my buddy training partner and works is is now the assistant race director for the Mendocino Coast 50k right and that's cool right she was like are you have you been training for the march for the uh, Smith Rock Ascent and because she's doing it too she's gonna come up with me and we're gonna do it we can't wait um she said are you in training I go yeah well you know like as much as I ever train and the truth of, of the matter is I stopped doing that madness in 2017 I, I've uh, talked about it before, if you want to look that up or whatever, but it was a the um, North Face Endurance 50K that I, for an experiment, purposefully did not follow a training plan, did not find out about the course, showed up with a bottle, a, a handheld bottle of water, nothing else, no band-aids, and my God, the stuff I used to bring to the races I did before that was like a, I could have lived in, the, it was like a wilderness, it was like a, I'm like a survivalist. Trust like a runner. I had I had band-aids and extra socks and so much drink powder that I could probably live for a week, not kidding, and 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 gels and the, this and that in a big pack. But for this race in 2017, water. That's it. Water. And then I just ate at the aid stations just to see how it would go. Oddly enough, best race day I've ever had. Best race day. And by the way, it, it does in comparison to the course that I run, my own course the day before, where I also don't do you know i don't really care that much like i carry tape because i'm doing some extra marking and that's pretty much it water and that's it and then my buddy sid meets us and gives us some supplies here and there so this is about overtraining, but not just running so if you're like well i'm not training for an ultra run sid so this isn't relevant to me well this is about the larger picture of overtraining in terms of preparing yourself to be health happy and healthy this is well put this way in my upcoming book on ultra running, I have a chapter that what ultra running taught me was to always be in training, to always be in training. Now, if you want to know more about that, you're going to have to read the damn book. You might be thinking, well, is it ever going to come out? I don't know. I will tell you that I have legit interest from a publisher and a pretty good publisher. So I'm super excited if it happens. If it doesn't happen, I'm not excited. Mm. I am drinking, I'm sipping a scotch. It's a Sunday evening. I'm sipping a scotch. I got a fire upstairs. It's raining outside. I'm doing my podcast, get to hang out with you guys, figuratively, not literally. Boy, it can't get better. Uh, anyways, but uh, there's publisher interest. But again, I ain't jumping. I'm not, I'm not jumping ahead because there's no contract signed. And I'll tell you what, it ain't over until the ultra running lady sings. I've always said that. 
And Six Truths is a great holiday gift. And Small Steppers is awesome. And it's an online course. And 10% off the intensive. I have, if anybody wants to go in, you know, go smallstepintensive.com. And when you set up that little 15-minute free talk with me where I'll tell you what it's about, if you mentioned that you heard this and you go New Year 10% off, which is, by the way, a chunk. I'm not kidding. 10% off of the Small Step Intensive is not a, it's not a, it's not a laughing matter. It's a laughing matter because it's you'd be happy. You're laughing out of joy, you know, like that kind of thing. Thanks, he's in show notes, he's, and here it goes. You guys, thank you. Thank you for supporting me. I'm not kidding. Thank you for supporting me and um, check the show notes for other stuff. Okay, so let's talk about uh, riding on the overtrain. Riding on the overtrain. That would be a song I would have listened to, by the way. And I probably would have marched in some sort of something back then if I had heard that song. I want to talk about the physiological and mental stress of overtraining. And the reason this came up, well, it's partly because I'm training for something, but also because of my ongoing coaching and teaching. But I was watching a video of um, Michael Greger. If you've, it's nutritionfacts.org. It's a good resource. He goes, pours through all the research and stuff. It's, I got to... I have to be patient. Somebody said, you got to talk this way. And I'm like, if you weren't talking that way, <clears throat> but he was, there's document documented increase of things like atherosclerosis in ultra and marathon runners. I've been saying for years that when I train for an ultra run, I don't go, well, I'm training for an ultra run so I can eat whatever I want. I know enough to know that it's the opposite. If I'm upping my, in, if I'm increasing my my running and exercise in general, which I am, I have to be more careful, not less. So it's not like I go, well, a kid did cheese pizza for the next four months. I go, I got to watch out because it is stress. You are adding stress when you take on that kind of thing. So, but it's documented. So, you know, his thing is like the plants, whole plants go a long way in preventing, you know, damage as a result of that. So I said, balances that out. If you are focused on mostly whole plants, mostly fruits and vegetables, some whole grains and beans, and a little bit of nuts and seeds thrown in a little bit extra. If you, if you're having a hard time getting enough calories during training, if you're really training, but more on that in a minute, cause I'm not, I mean, I'm training but like the way I train, it's like a, it's going from like seven to eight. It's not a, oh my God, I was sitting on the couch and I was playing solitaire and now I'm running 1700 miles every other day. It went from a half hour to an hour of running four days a week and a couple days of strength training and a little bit of boxing. I'll be honest. I love the boxing. Um, but my point is, is it's, I run slowly. I'm not trying. There's one day a week where I pick up the pace a little bit. I'll do a little bit of an interval kind of stuff. One day, one of my one of my runs during the week. Otherwise, so slow. I can have a. I could talk to you like this. I mean, I could talk to you like I'm not even kidding. While running, I'm going that slow. <clears throat> I can breathe through in, in in and out of my nose, which is my my breath approach that I that I coach. So I'm going slow. We could. I could just talk like this. It's not taxing. And if it becomes taxing for any reason, I slow down until it's not. That's how I do it. And partly because I need to up, you know, part of the message of this episode, by the way, is that there is no, there are certain, I, I appreciate things where there's no hack. So you want to train for an ultra marathon, let's say hypoth hypothetically, or you want to eat healthy. 
there's no hack. I mean, you can you can go through the rigmarole of this and that and the and the you know quick fix kind of thing, but eventually you're going to land and go. Oh, okay, fine, I got to put in the miles. I mean, all the things that people do to train for a race. And I don't mean ultra running. Let's say you're training for a 5K, 10K, whatever your distance is, whatever your ultra distance is. Because let's face it, it's all relative. If your perceived run that you've never done before is a 5K, that's the same experience that I have. It, it actually is. So if you're training for that and it's and you're putting this extra stress and thinking that it needs all this extra stuff to do, it's it's a nightmare. And, and, it's, and here's the thing. It's actually unnecessary. It's actually unnecessary. And... That's, I think, the problem is that in the in the fitness and diet world, if you're if you're trying to eat healthy, there's this idea of I can do the supplements and I can kind of, but there's there's no getting around putting the miles in. There's no getting around putting the healthy food in. You can try this and that, and you can you're just kind of kicking the can down the road. Eventually, you got to put miles. You got to put your feet have to be on the ground for a long time in order to be ready to put your feet on the ground for a long time. You have to eat healthy food in order to, oh, I don't know, eat healthy food. There are certain things you cannot hack. Health is one of those things. There are lots and lots of dollars made from convincing you otherwise, but it doesn't change anything. And actually, it's quite liberating to realize that it doesn't. <clears throat> so much energy expended to try to get, a, you know, to do an end run around the reality that there are things you have to do, like last week's episode, Fight or Fight, things you have to do to get where you want to go. And, and you can either just go way down one, you want to try every other way, but that way, or you can say, okay, fine, fine, great. And then you can start living your life and enjoying your life, which is kind of cool, right? Okay. However, the message here and overtraining, I guess is a relative term and, and, and it should be because here's what I coach and what I'm coaching you right now, which is if you take anything on, you, the big picture is the necessity of fitting that training. And I don't mean, again, only just training for a race or a bike race or whatever. I just mean like dietary training. Like if you're going into a goal of changing the way you eat, I kind of look at it like, okay, you train for a while and then you get in shape and then you're kind of doing that thing. Same thing with diet. You start in and you add some things in. You learn maybe how to cook some stuff, whatever. If that's, you know, if you have to have it, whatever that is, fine. It doesn't, you don't have to do that, but okay, fine. Um, and you and you add these healthy foods in and you get used to them and your taste buds change and you start to get used to buying new things in the grocery store and all those kinds of things. And all of a sudden it kind of falls into place and, you, and your level, your base level increases to a point where it's sustainable and fine. Or you completely disregard the, parts of your life, all the other parts of your life, take on a ton and burn out or don't train successfully. I mean, I look, it's an anecdote, but my best race day was uh, the day that I didn't do nearly as much training as I had done in the past. My best race day. Now, did I have a certain level of uh, baseline? Yes, I did. Have I Had I already fin finished a few ultra marathons? Yes, I had. So there was no stress of like, oh my God, because if you haven't done it yet, then you're going to oftentimes go overboard thinking you need to go overboard because you're worried that you might not finish otherwise when sometimes you're the opposite is true. That's why there are so many things like injuries and stuff like that because it's people taking on too much. But my coaching is this, the big picture necessity of fitting your training, dietary or fitness, into the context of the unchangeable parts of your life 
and then setting your goal appropriately. So here's what I mean by that. And I wrote that, but I was kind of reading it, but I wrote it and also reading. Okay, so the, you fitting your training into the unchangeable parts of your life. Now, what I mean by that is <clears throat> a job that you can't quit, family that you actually want to spend time with, your commute, shopping, your errands, your laundry, your house cleaning, uh, who, uh, the question of who will or will not take on more of the that kind of stuff while you're training. That's a consideration. If you have a relationship and you're just like, well, now I'm going to be running <clears throat> three, three hours a day. So you do all the cleaning, you know, like that kind of stuff. So unchangeable or one way to look at it is yes, you could change those things, but really do you want you you want to quit your job and not spend time with your family? Okay, that's fine. But for those of us who want to kind of live the way that we're living, but do the day to day better, we need to figure out how to fit our training into the context of our lives. I have, I have coached and taught countless people who perceive a move to healthier eating <clears throat> as undoable and unrealistic for this reason. They are the primary cooks in the house and they do not want to have to cook something for them and something for the rest of the family. Now, side note, I think 100%, and I'm not even joking, actually, it's 100% have been women. So what the fuck are men doing? Is it, Are we living in 1950? Seriously, if like every time it's been a woman like, listen, I cook for the house. And so if I cook, I don't want to have to cook a separate meal for me and a separate meal for the family. Like, like what are we? Gee, many Christmas. Get, gee, how about this? You cook your shit if you want to eat unhealthy. How about that? Good Lord. In any case, <clears throat> that was a total side note, but it's true. God, geez, Louise. I mean, seriously, Ugh, it's frustrating for me anyways, but especially as a coach, cause I'm like, uh -huh. okay. Um, and sometimes I do that when I'm coaching, I'm like, uh -huh. and they get it. They get it. They go, <laughs> I don't want to hear that again. Let me start eating better. The point is, is you've got to fit your thing. So that's a consideration, isn't it? I mean, if you were in a relationship where you are the cook for whatever reason, and you've got to figure out, then there, there are workarounds to doing that. But that is a consideration of how much, for instance, guess what you take on. So you might not do as much healthy uh, eating. You know, you might start in with like, you cook what the family eats, and then you steam some extra vegetables on the side. Doesn't take any more time. You throw it in a steamer on the pot while you're cooking the other stuff, and you've got steamed vegetables, or you throw a, a salad that you eat, nobody else eats. But you're eating, you're bringing those things in. Work around. Got it? Okay. So when it comes to any kind of training, we make the jump where we say, here's what we want. I want to eat better. I want to run a race or something. And we go all in and we pick up a book that's either a diet book or a training book or something with a you know 10K, whatever, couch to 10K. And we just do it. And that author has no idea who you are, has no idea what your life is like, has no idea what you're, sac you're going to have to sacrifice to pull off what he or she is, has written on those pages. You've got to adjust your training schedule to fit your life. Yes, there will be adjustments. Absolutely, of course. For me, going from a half hour run to an hour run means I had to get up a little bit earlier. That's that's it. Nobody else, I didn't put anybody else out. Nobody is put out. Everything is exactly the same in the morning. I just got up an extra half an hour early. Small price to pay for, for, for me. Now, if I were following a training plan, well, that like I did, by the way, for my first few races, Man, oh man, the amount of time I spent and on weekends getting up at five in the morning so I could run three hours and, you know, look, I'll probably do that one time or two times before my race, but I'm not kidding. I'm not doing more than that. 
And I may not finish the race, but I have before and I have experience there. But here's the thing. There is a mistaken assumption that everything, once you go into training and change something for the better, that you have to micromanage, that you have to micromanage, that everything at that point has to be data-driven, that you have to go in and then get the charts out and get the things and the data and get on Strava and all that kind of stuff and monitor your stuff. And I got to tell you, I feel, I don't feel, I think that data gathering in the health and the non-elite fitness world, so more on that in a second, because that's the exception, but I think that data gathering is a distraction from how we feel. I think when we are married to a training plan or a diet, we remove ourselves from that equation and we stop checking in on how we're doing. We will push, and guys... If you know me, I'm talking from experience. I mean, I've been injured because I didn't pay attention to how I feel. I didn't, I had an eye on a goal and absolutely no business following a training plan that was not morphed and adjusted to my life somewhat. And that is a, by the way, an overarching message in my new book, which is about ultra running, but as it applies to people like me, normal regular working, not elite at all, because there is an exception, which is if you're an elite athlete, if you are training at such a high level or competing at such a high level where you and the other people you're competing at are within a half a percent in terms of talent and, you know, comp competitiveness and all those kinds of things, that could be your edge, that little extra data on nutrition or that little vo2 max training that your coach does that's a different those that's like top level great i got it but but the normal people of us the regular folks that are driving their kids to basketball practice for crying out loud absolutely do not need to get into that bag we're sold that we do but we don't need to be and when we do we are overtraining. and when we are overtraining, we are causing undue stress yes training causes stress even changing your diet causes stress. Doing something new causes stress. That is true. But it is the, and that's good stress, by the way, that some of it can be. It's just when it's too much, right? And we're in charge of making that happen. If, well, we're in charge of it, but we're effective at, at preventing overtraining when we're in touch with how we feel along the way. When we have a goal, but we are also fully engaged in the process and the, and the, Oh, uh, journey. Ah, I hate the word. You know it. Red six truths. But if you're in charge on the way in to that goal, if you're paying attention, and I got to tell you, from and I, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I I read a lot of stuff, and a lot of times I'll catch a podcast that's got some nutrition expert, and I'll tell you what, most of that stuff is geared toward a, like elite training. I mean, if you hear like a weightlifter talk about protein, first of all, it I don't even, I can't even tell you why there's just no science on that to show that you need a ton more protein and it, you just don't. But even in that discussion, even when they're talking about legit stuff, the, the goal is to maximize training and, and what you're trying to achieve by weightlifting or running like at that level, it's elite. It's, it's a, it's a focus on elite performance. And I just, that's just not my bag. Look, I don't coach people who are elite athletes. I could, I have no interest in it. I honestly don't have any interest in it. I don't like, that's a job. When you're at that level, even if it's not your technical job, but if you are trying to compete to win a race, 
it is going to take up a huge amount of time of your life. That's, that's what that is. And you will be training at that level. And you, by the way, will be sacrificing certain parts of your life that I personally don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to spend significantly less time with my family. I don't want to quit my job. I, I, those are things I want to enjoy the process of training for a race. I want to enjoy, you know, eating healthy most days and not worrying about not eating healthy some days, like having a scotch like I am right now. Like I don't want to, I don't want to think about that stuff on that level that I would need to do if I were an elite athlete, even at my age, if I were just competing in over fifties, you know, trying to win races around the country, it's just not my bag. And there's no judgment. If you dig it, do it. I'm just not, that's not my, I will tell you, that's not people who follow me, but people who are paying attention to what I have to say are like I am. We're just out there doing the stuff of normal lives and we're trying to do cool stuff in that context. And if you don't watch it, you will overtrain. And it's not only unnecessary, it can be damaging. It's just, it's just a reality. So I want to, you know, as I'm coaching people to be attentive to as soon as you go, you know what, I think I want to try to run XYZ or I think I want to try to do my first XYZ or I think I want to, you know, improve my diet. Your first thing should be, okay, let me look at the entirety of my life. Let me look at all the things that I do and don't do and want to do and responsibilities and obligations and also hobbies, right? And let me say, okay, I want to do this thing. Let me see where it can fit, at least right now. Then once the ball's rolling, I can make you know subtle moves. Look, if you have a hobby that is knitting or something like that that you dig and you want to train for a race, that's a perfect place to sort of minimize that during the training because it's, it's a small price to pay maybe for you because it doesn't mean less time with your family. It's just you're cutting into the other personal stuff that you do. Less time on YouTube, for instance. I mean, good Lord, the amount of time sometimes that I spend on YouTube, a lot more exercise I could be fitting in, fitting in, I'll tell you that much. I can tell you. Anyways, okay, so riding on the overtrain. Beware of if you are in a situation right now where you are data gathering. If you're not an elite athlete or you have no elite athlete goals and you just want to eat well and feel really good and maybe do a race or two or some challenges and you're data gathering, it's not only unnecessary, it's stress-inducing. I'm not a gambling man 
sudden I am Waving goodbye Waving at you Waving to be true But I'm not a wave goodbye Instinct-driven man. An instinct-driven man.